Well, hey there, Ben and Chip here for another episode of Charitable Discourse. Thanks for joining us. You know, social justice is a huge topic in today's culture. And so the question for every believer becomes this, how do we navigate this conversation and this cause? Thankfully, our model is Christ, and so he is who we turn to. He met the needs of the broken and the needy. He fed the poor. He spoke out against injustice. He demonstrated mercy and compassion, always. But what was his end game? His end game was faith. His end game was righteousness. And so in today's episode, we lay out the framework for how Christians ought to navigate the social justice conversation in this movement. Because our end game is eternal. Our end game is freedom in Christ. Let's begin a charitable discourse. All right, Chip. Well, happy uh, January, Feb- February now, brisk day. February. February, R before the U. Yeah, I, I had to learn that growing up. Yeah, I had a teacher that corrected us every yep. time. That's exactly what I so had because I, I said it that wrong. every single time. But it's stuck. Yeah. <laughs> like 30 years <laughs> later, I every time I say February, I think of the R. So. Yeah. So, hey, not, maybe maybe if you're listening and you didn't already know that, you'll think of us and be frustrated every time you <laughs> want to say that word now. Such a that's... weird word. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we're uh, kind of episode three of our, our new season of Charitable Discourse yeah. and jumping right into to some of the kind of a lot, a lot of the topics that, that still are shaping our culture, right? Yeah. And with the church, we are... We are immersed in our culture. We are uh, not citizens of this place, but we are definitely uh, uh, living living in the culture. And, and yeah, like I think you and I are making concerted efforts to exegete our culture more and more. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this whole uh, wokeism? How do I understand critical race theory? How, how should a kingdom citizen, someone who is a citizen of a another world, yeah. interact with the culture? Mm-hmm. Where do kingdom principles apply? Where do they don't apply? Yeah. What's the end game? Yeah. Right? Uh, and what, what should be the end game for a believer in the fight for equality? Uh, there shouldn't be any Christian who doesn't believe in equality. Absolutely. Right? I mean, Jew, Gentile, male, female. The gospel uh, was built on the value of every single person. Yeah. Equally, Christ dying for each one. Yeah. Valuing each one, right? Yeah. And as as, as, as I've kind of been observing and, and understanding and trying to understand... Um, and and see where where uh, culture is moving. I I've found myself constantly reflecting back. What is the mission of the church, though? That's right. Um, you know we're we're not this uh, uh, philanthropy that is you know that is that is out to find goodwill and everything. We have a mandate. We have a biblical mandate. Um, you know to to uh, execute, and that's. That's what we're called to do, and so, you know, well, you know, today we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about social justice and how, um, you know, what components of that 
reflect the gospel and what components of that are uh, national moralism that that the church is, has started to attach itself to. Yeah, I think for us, the, the topic of social justice will be something that we will jump into in different avenues. But for us, a good foundational conversation mm-hmm. is at the heart of what's the goal of social justice, right. of which it's obvious right. the teachings of Jesus and the life of Jesus teach us to love God and to love others. Absolutely, and justice plays a, such a big piece of that. You can't love somebody if you see them being treated unjustly and shrugging your shoulder. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not okay just to sit back. I was even reading through the one of the minor prophets, Amos, this week, and in the idea of like it's not okay for the church church to sit there and do nothing while they see injustice happening. And that's what's that's what's uh, been so misconstrued. And this is what we kind of want to tackle today is the, the the two polar sides. And again, the kingdom uh, is not one of those two things where, hey, if I can just get you to say a prayer mm-hmm. and claim to be a Christian and walk away from you in the middle of your suffering, mm-hmm. then I've done my job. On the other token, like, well... It, the, the church must just be there to help somebody climb out of uh, economic distress or poverty or inequality and to think that if we can help them up out of that, then we've done our job also and walk away from them. All the while never articulating the gospel and never teaching them. So, so great, you had a sandwich and you gained the world and you've lost your soul because the church failed in its job to emphasize soul over over physical. Right. We believe that the greatest problem, as a kingdom citizen believes that the greatest problem is the disconnect from our creator. Correct. The relationship with God. And so everything that we do is intentionally trying to draw people to come into relationship or to strengthen relationship mm-hmm. with their creator. And we meet them where they're at. We don't say, get this together. That's where the mercy piece of the church comes in. We meet them where they're at. We help with basic needs, but so that they might know out of our love that, you know, that we are believers and that there's a greater love going on here. There's so much greater. Yeah. That we are doing something that doesn't make sense from a worldly perspective, but introduces them to this agape love of God. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what they need. Yeah. Like, look at how, like, we've talked about, and we're going to talk about, like, the the ideas of, like, Christian nationalism, mm-hmm. where, well, and I've heard this from b- b- Christian people. Like, look at the, the people who are uh, marginalized or not, or in poverty for a lot of different reasons. Some of horrible decision-making by them. Maybe it's decision-making by their parents. We, we acknowledge as Christians there's systemic problems. But the, I've heard believers say, well, when they get their act together, when they actually get a job and work, mm-hmm. all this, then we'll help them. The church yeah. is like, we want them 
to learn how to be a productive person. I think that's a part of the purpose and the plan of God Mm -hmm. to exercise dominion over the world was to be a good steward. But we don't care why they're in poverty. We come to them right where they're at. Just as like Christ comes to us, there was 72 million reasons why I was lost. Yeah. He didn't ask me to fix those things. No, he met me where I was. He saw my faith, counted it as righteousness, and began a work in me. That's it. And the church is merciful, following the lead of our King, our Savior, our Lord, yeah. in will, uh, willingness to just try to meet people in the middle of their need. But again, what's the goal? The goal is not to say, hey, you know, they, 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 uh, they were, uh, they were uh, way below the poverty line. And we helped them. We moved the needle. And we moved the needle. We brought and them. And now they've got a, a good job. And mm-hmm. we walk away from them and say, we did our job. Yeah. No. It's not, that's not at all what the church is called to do, has ever been called to do. That's right. And so the social justice movements that rose up out of the church, you know, 1920s, kind of, there was a, a, a big rush of this. Although there was absolutely some honorable intention by it, mm-hmm. it did get swept up in the idea that that was the end goal. That has never been the end goal. Right. Every believer desires for every person in this world to be reconnected to God himself through yeah. the gospel of his son, Jesus Christ. Well, I think for me, that's why it pains me so much to see so many pastors coming out, speaking and advocating for social justice without um, without taking that next step in so that they might know Jesus because they won't know that, that we're, they won't know about Christ if we don't tell them about Christ. They don't, they don't know about Christ just because we jump in with the with the the social justice movement. We're just we're just good people. Then we're we're speaking about out about uh, against injustices. But what is the ultimate mission? It is so that you know Christ. And we believe that in so knowing Christ and being reconnected, and then out of that living this this life of kingdom. It is it is the solution for future injustices. Yeah, I mean if you if you have that heart transformation, uh then yeah, that is the that is the remedy for future injustices. Yeah, we fix injustice now and we don't fix the heart issue. Our grandkids and four generations later are gonna be fixing the same injustices. Always will be. Because the because you only see it in the physical, absolutely. And so I think we just want to remind people that when we jump in to talking about social justice, um, and, and listen, you can't. We've been reading First John three and four. You cannot yeah. understand love, and, and and the great commandment is love the Lord your God with all and all those things, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. John spells that out very clearly. 
if this is what love looks like, um, it is moving toward people that are suffering, moving toward people that are in need, moving toward people that are being treated unjustly. We're motivated because we love them to help them. But the end goal has never been to just be another good service organization in the world. We are carrying the greatest message of hope and transformation and change that has eternal, it has eternal significance. Yeah, and I mean, this is why Christ followers started the first hospitals That's right. and orphanages. And I mean, it speaks to the orphan and the widow, the most vulnerable among us. Um, we are we are f- for them, not only in speech, but in action as well, so that they might know Christ. All right. This is, again, the James thing. Show me your works, yeah. and I'll show you that your faith is alive. Uh, that That is absolutely, and again, James mm-hmm. talks about this. Remember chapter 5, he talks about the poor mm-hmm. and the rich, and the, how can the rich and the poor interact? Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned James because I think so often the 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 social justice movement at large is faith plus works equals salvation. When Christ came and said, "No, faith equals salvation, and then works." That's right. That's good. And it's just it's just we've 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 I think we've jumbled up the equation a little bit. It's out of that salvation in Christ and who he is and and how he's redeemed me and transformed me that I do these things. This is what motivates me. This is what will motivate me when my emotions don't motivate me. Right now, we've got a lot of motivation out of our emotions, which will carry you so far. But if you're not rooted in truth and the right thing always, then you know, it, we ultimately fail. But why this is important is when we talk it, throughout this year and in the coming about social justice things and maybe even organizations, why we might have a hesitancy to just follow some of these things where it seems like, hey, they're, they're fighting for equality. They're fighting for The justice. church should be about that. Yeah. Absolutely, though. We are seeing that the end goal, though, is maybe that organization isn't also doing it with the the goal of eternal connection to God. Right. And that's where the kingdom says, hey, love looks like this, but it is not love if your primary intent isn't to fix the biggest problem. Right. And that is our disconnect. And so I think that's an important filter for maybe people who are going to listen to our podcast ongoing to realize, hey, we sympathize with certain organizations that are fighting for injustice, but sometimes their whole goal is to fix the injustice. The kingdom's whole goal mm-hmm. is to connect people to God in right relationship through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's where there is a difference. Yeah. I, because justice moves from... Uh, the ends to the means. The our end is is eternal security through Christ. That's it. And the means from which we get there is by loving others uncon- and and by and by showing justice and by showing love and mercy and advocating compassion for th- and advocating yes. and being a voice for those. But those are our means. Those right. those aren't. That's not the end. That's not what fixes everything. 
what fixes everything is when you experience Christ. And we're unashamed about that. And that's where the church needs to be unashamed about this. And I'm afraid that culture has impacted the church Hmm. where people are comfortable jumping on board with means and they don't want to be offensive or um, too religious or too exclusive. Mm -hmm. And so they, they leave out or they don't push to see the end of seeing people restored in the relationship with God. Yeah. Our whole motivation is the ends that we just talked about. You know, I, I talked to you, we, we talked about, uh, before the, before the podcast started, you know, we are, we're both involved in, um, many organizations that aren't, um, gospel centered organizations. They're, they're, they're great community groups. Um, you know, for us, we're both part of the the Rotary Club. Uh, the Rotary Club is not a church, That's you right. know. Um, but I'm not in the Rotary Club simply to do good. I'm in the Rotary Club through uh, through the lens of of Scripture to um, to you know. And I loved how how you said it before we started. I mean, it's to um, it's to uphold the reputation of the church that we are a compassionate and a merciful people. Um, but at the end of the day. To us, it's it's about something totally different than than what the world is striving for. We're a, we're a credible witness, and I want to serve my community and be a credible witness mm-hmm. in my community. But my whole hope and mission and purpose in my life is not oh I was a Rotarian. Yeah. Rotary is a means yeah by which i hope that the end of seeing my community experience the kingdom of god coming on earth as it is in heaven yeah happen yeah right yeah so if the, if the church is to extend mercy and compassion uh one of our core values is is serve the the core value of the the church overall the Nat church of the nazarene it's a it's a missional component it's a, we've got a phenomenal um, compassionate ministry that um, that does a lot of these things for the sake of the gospel and uh, we're in Napoleon Ohio so if we're talking about injustices what do you see who who are the most vulnerable in our community right and and I think that like that's that's different than some of the national narratives. We resonate with the national narratives. 100%. But for us, we're, you know, what, 94% Caucasian. So some of the injustices of, uh, of uh, racism, uh, we're a little bit removed from, but yet there still exists injustice in Henry County. What are they? I, I think for me, I, I think of, uh, the most vulnerable in our our communities are definitely on either end of the spectrum in ages, right? The young who maybe because they are in situations of dysfunctional homes, of abusive homes, and they, they can't really advocate for themselves. Um, we should be very mindful of 
homes that are broken and dysfunctional and kids that suffer in that from poverty, from abuse, from hunger. neglect, from hunger. A- absolutely. Um, and then on the flip side, um, the elderly, right? That Especially in this season that we're in. Absolutely. With COVID. And so to love and to be kingdom here, to, to fight against um, injustice for us, mm-hmm. uh, looks like certain programs or ministries that we do. Yeah. But even like the summer food program we had, which I'm extremely comfortable with that being core to what who we're supposed to be. Yeah. We also were very intentional about who we're trying to help you not go hungry. Yeah, yeah, and we in, want in to introduce bridges. you yeah. to the hope of the world who said yeah. that um Yeah, my motivation uh primarily wasn't to um feed a stomach for a day. My primary motivation was this is a way for us to reach the most vulnerable people among us in Henry County. And we have an opportunity now through a meal program to share the gospel with them, to give them uh, a voice, to um, give them an opportunity to share with us if there's anything additionally um, that we can come alongside them and, and, and help with. You know, so I, I don't know if we've talked about it on here, my role changing around, the, around here at NAPNAS. Um, and so I asked you some of these questions because you've tasked me at the beginning of this year to exegete our community and understand, um, how we can best meet the, meet the needs of the most vulnerable among us. And, uh, and I'm excited about that. I'm extremely driven, um, with the opportunity with, with LifeWise Academy. Yep. Again, we've got 90% of students, um, you know, attend public schools. And now with uh, introducing LifeWise Academy, release time religious instruction, we're able to share the gospel with them during the school day. So they don't need another method of transportation. They don't need whatever. And um, and that's just one more way that, again, if our end is is to to share the gospel and ultimately to, to bring them into the church, to baptize them and to teach them the ways of Christ, um, whatever we can do in the meantime to get them there and to give us that platform to be able to share that with them, I'm all in on. Yeah, but remember, I was thinking of Jesus' words. I am the bread of life. If you will feed on me, you will never go hungry. Mm. You know, it, it was in the context of feeding hungry people yeah. that he did that, the miracle of feeding thousands. He was intent, I care about your physical need. I love you, and I I hate to see you hungry. I'm going to meet this need because I want to show you that I can. That there's so much more. That's it. And like who I am, what I'm about, will will fit the hunger of your life. Remember, he said, "I am, I I am the um, the the what was the what? Uh, if you'll drink of me, you'll never go thirsty." Well, the woman at the well. Right. Absolutely. He's sharing that that kind of thought. That's the kingdom. That's what we're about as the church. Yeah. And I think for me, you know, with the with our social justice movement right now, man, the church is positioned 
to be a big piece of this, and I really hope that we don't miss it. I really hope that we're not simply in it to serve a temporary physical need, all the while never showing them how to what what will lead them to eternal life. Absolutely, because that would grieve my heart if we totally miss it. You know that, that back to who we are as as a church, as a denomination, as a people. I I know uh, you're a you're a Methodist boy. Yeah, um, I'm from the same kind of tradition. I, I'm super proud of our forefathers. Um, you know, hmm. for me, everybody knows I'm a John Wesley guy. Um, but the fact that his mantra was God wants to to transform us into Christ's image, what he called holiness. Yeah. But he said, there is no holiness without social holiness. Hmm. What he was saying is that the great commandment, love God, had that second part, love others. Yeah. And that the way that we live out God's purposes for our lives in this world is to serve, love, advocate, and fight for the good of others so that they might too know this glorious gospel. Mm-hmm. And um, and in the meantime, what is it that sets us apart? Because if, if, if we only jump in with the national moralism of the day, there's nothing that sets, sets us apart. And it falls remarkably short. Because if we believe in eternity, if we have been a part of the national moralism and we've made this temporary life better and never introduced them to the eternal perspective. Mm-hmm. Do you not think that people are going to look at the church in eternity and say, you didn't even tell me or introduce or, or try to help me understand. You were right there. You the gave biggest, me the biggest thing. You gave me food and, and drink and you didn't even tell me that there was something so much greater. Yeah that I could put my hope in yeah. besides my next meal. And this is where I think going forward, the church, the kingdom has to be unapologetic and unashamed of this. And when we do that, mm-hmm. we're going to get called exclusionary. Probably racist. Yeah. Well, because, you know, we won't fit in with, other organizations not that maybe we're not fighting for some of the similar things right but we believe that the ultimate hope is in christ and we do believe that he said i'm the way the truth and the life no man comes knows god except through me we really we know that to be true and why we do what we do is to introduce them to that hope yeah i mean i just i don't think i don't think um the Gospels lend themselves to selective justice. And I think if we identify the most vulnerable among us, um, honestly, I don't, I, don't, I don't care. If it fits a political. If it fits a political agenda or not, That's um, right. I'm just going to kind of exclude myself from that. And if I see injustice, then it's my responsibility. We run to it. We run to it. That's absolutely right. So I think for us, this was important to maybe have this conversation so that as we talk about other things, it's the filter of what's the end goal for all the efforts the church does, for the mission it's on. It's to, to share this message 
that Christ died for all so that all might be connected to him. That's the greatest hope. Amen. That's the kingdom perspective. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode of Charitable Discourse. We hope it added value to your life and inspires you in your walk with Christ. To catch every episode of Charitable Discourse, we'd love it if you'd subscribe. And if you found value in today's content, would you consider sharing it with a friend or leaving a review? We believe true change and growth happens when we challenge ourselves and lead lives of charitable discourse.